Hi, welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host, and I also own the Blog Cabin. Today, I'm chatting with Cassidy Morris. Cassidy actually plays soccer with my oldest daughter, Maddie, in high school. She's a young mom who has a special needs child. Sebastian was born with a congenital heart disease three years ago and has been in and out of the hospital since birth. In fact, she said the longest stretch that he's ever been home at one time has been since last September. That's basically like eight months. So listen in on this mom's passionate plea for people to wear masks during the pandemic. I hope you realize how important it is to wear a mask. If not, maybe after you listen to her story, you will. to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today I'm actually joined by someone who I, when she was growing up, I considered her like another part of the family, Cassidy Morris. And Cassidy, why did I ask you to come on the show today? Tell me why. Um, because I have a special needs son and the pandemic, it's just been hard on us. And we're discussing everything, what it's like living with a child during the pandemic with special needs. And we're especially talking about the importance of wearing a mask during COVID. Yes, very much so. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am 25 years old. I am a single mom. Um, I'm currently working at Wayne Prep Academy as a teacher's assistant. Um, My son is three. He has congenital heart disease, Um, an airway defect, and a bunch of other stuff. Just the length of diagnosis for him. And so he's had that since he was born, am I correct? Correct. So let's talk about the congenital heart disease. How how having during the time during a quarantine and a pandemic, how have you had to take precautions with him? So really, like, this is normal for us, I guess. Um, We've always had to take extra care and extra precautions. But I think it's been like a light has been shined on us because people are actually taking a step into our normal lives. So I guess it's become like a realization to people what we actually go through to keep them safe. Um, We've actually stopped actual all visits, taking him out anywhere. Um, We do take him out to like, like a farm where it's open, where he won't come in contact like he would in a store. Um, we've taken him to like strawberry picking. We were the only ones out there. Um, we do outdoor stuff more so because it's safer for him. And I think that that's a harder concept for people to grasp because they're like, why would you take him there when 
you know, he's still exposed. Well, he's not really exposed on the open where he's not around anybody. Um, I think it's just more an observance on us on how we handle it and how we shouldn't handle it. I know a lot of people have said negative things about us taking them out in open public places where there's not people because they don't understand the concept. But it's much safer than taking them into a store where everyone's fighting about if a mask is safe or not when you should totally mm -hmm. be wearing a mask. It's not about you. It's yeah. about who you're protecting. So. So let's start at the beginning. Start with your journey with um, your son. Okay. So I had a healthy pregnancy. Um, the last week, it was really rough. It was the whole, the last weeks of being pregnant, the pains, you know, like you're ready to get the baby out of you. Um, I went to an appointment like three times my last week. Like I just kept calling them and I was like, look, he's got to come out. Like I'm done being pregnant. Um, there were some like signs during the last week, like one appointment, they couldn't find a heartbeat and they did a stress test, but they pumped me full of caffeine and then sent me home because he was active. Um, mm -hmm. There was another time where I went to the ER because I was just in a, a lot of pain. Um, I thought I didn't have any more fluid left and um, they pumped me full of fluids and sent me home. They said I was fine. And then finally I went in and I was like, okay, I'm tired of everything. And his heart rate had dropped to like the forties and fifties. Mm -hmm. So they went ahead and induced me. They were going to prep for an emergency C-section that night, but they decided to just wait it out. Um, so they induced me. Everything was fine. He came out. Everyone said he's healthy. Like you're good. Everyone left and they didn't do a newborn screening. There's actually another baby born two hours after Sebastian who had a congenital heart defect as well at the same hospital. Mm -hmm. So, of course, all their attention went to him and me having a healthy baby. I was left in my room and finally they came in around 10, 30, 11 and decided that it was time to take him to the nursery to finally do his newborn screening to just give me time to rest. And on his way to the nursery, he had a cardiac arrest. Mm. So they came back and they told me to prep myself to say my goodbyes. I was by myself. Um, my mom had gone home. There was nobody there but me. And as he was saying that, the helicopter was landing to take him. And they weren't sure if he was going to be able to make it through the night or even make it the helicopter fly or the flight over to Vidant. So we said our goodbyes and that was just a long night from there, but he survived and he spent four and a half months at Duke. And then he was there at least every week to two weeks inpatient at Duke up until this past August where he had his life-saving open heart surgery. And our journey is not over, but it's definitely way better than where we were before August. We still have, he's still in heart failure. He still has a long ways to go, but he's in a much, much, much better place than he was. So. Yeah, I know when we were scheduling this chat, we were trying to figure out a day that was good for you. And you said Thursdays because that's not any time that he has any type of therapy at all. So I can just right. imagine 
the strain on you and your mom both for having to do that because basically you both are the main caregivers but you are literally the main but your mom is right there supporting you and i'm thankful for her because i don't know how i would have gotten through it all by myself so. so let's talk about so now so he's obviously um compromised as far as his heart goes so you right. have to take pressure special precautions even without a pandemic going around so let's talk about those special yeah. precautions that you have to take so we he can't go to school he had just started like being around other kids before the pandemic we actually let him go on play dates and try to expose him to more germs than what he was getting at home he went to um uh a place like a center for therapies where he had speech and OT and um, where they specialize on all his sensory issues. And we stopped going there because, you know, with the pandemic, it wasn't safe for him. They're still seeing kids there. They had stopped for a while and did it all through Zoom, but now they've resumed their in, in sessions and we still haven't resumed. None of us feel safe to take Sebastian back because of his greater risk. Um, we always, whenever he went to public, he wore a mask before the pandemic. And I know we always got weird stares, but now people understand why he wore a mask going out in public. He's always worn a mask around the hospital anytime he was inpatient. I guess it's just a norm for him. Like he has no fear right now of the mask thing because it's, it's something he's used to. Um... I don't know. It's just what we're doing now is what we've been doing before. Sanitizing, wash your hands when you come in, shoes are off at the door. Um, we're constantly like Lysoling everything. Uh, we actually had an abundance of stuff that we just buy because we use it so much before the pandemic. So when the pandemic hit, we were good the first few months and now we're like, okay, we need supplies too. So and it's just a norm for us. I just think that's, I, I think that's going to put a lot of things in perspective to a lot of people that it's mm -hmm. just the norm for you. It's a normal everyday thing. I mean, even though the pandemic is out there and there's a greater risk to catch something like catch COVID-19, it's just like you've already had these precautions in place. So are there any extra precautions that you do on top of what you've already done? Yeah. Um, we had, uh, we were like, let people come over. Now we don't do that. Um, his therapies, the ones that were in home, we kind of stopped that. Um, we don't really, he doesn't get to go out much anymore. He was going out and like, like I said, doing stuff. And now he's not like his favorite place was Target. <laughs> and now, Everyone at Target knows him, and every time we go without him, they always ask for him. But Target was his safe zone versus Walmart. Mm -hmm. um, Target, they clean, they do everything, but it's still, like, I don't feel comfortable taking him there now still with everything going on, even though they're one of the cleanest places right now, like a store-wise, because they constantly sanitize and clean, and it's just we don't take him out. We, when we get takeout food or any type of groceries, it either sits outside for a little bit in the heat or we sanitize it before it comes in or both, just depending on our time and if we're rushing. 
Um, my mom is the only one that's really going out and getting groceries right now. I go out maybe like once every two weeks just to get out of the house. Um, but she's mainly the one that goes to and from stores to get whatever we need. So our life has just changed. Now we're inside or in our backyard or going on walks around our neighborhood just to get out of the four walls. But that's more what we do now versus what we did before. But you've actually made like a little play area for him out there in your backyard that is like, okay. do you still have your sunflowers? So then at one point in time you were doing sunflowers. Yeah. Like I that. still have sunflowers. We have a whole garden. We're doing vegetables. We're actually building him a play for it. Like um, I found an old play for it on marketplace that somebody was giving away. So I got it and we're working on that um, to build it up. He has a swing set. We have tire swings. We have a little mini garden for him. Um, he loves monster trucks. So we turned an old train table into like a monster jam rally outside. We're just trying to make backyard fun for him. So I know he's only three, but has he questioned why he can't go like to target his favorite place now? Yes. Um, and why he can't see some of his favorite people. We tell him everybody's sick. Oh. So we're doing a lot of FaceTiming people like that he used to see regularly that he doesn't see anymore. And it's hard for him. Um, he FaceTimes his Mimi, which is someone who kept him from me while I went to work. And it's hard that he doesn't get to see her because he's extremely close to her. Um, his best friend, Atlas, he doesn't get to see him because he goes to daycare and I can't can't bring myself to mm -hmm. do that. And it's hard because they always ask about each other and FaceTiming's hard. And Bash is like always asking or saying, no, people are sick. You can't go out and do that. So that's all he knows that people are sick and he can't go and visit. Yeah, I know that you did take him on a trip this weekend through right. to the zoo, but you got a lot of bashing for taking him to the zoo, even though it's socially distanced. Yeah. Um, it was, there was a lot of anxiety only because like, I didn't want the negative comments about us taking him to the zoo. Um, when we went, it was actually like they only allowed, I think, 50 families in at a time. And they did an hour slots or 30 minutes to an hour slot, depending on how many filled each slot. Um, they didn't have all the exhibits open, anything that you can go in, like the butterfly exhibit or um, even the seals, um, the otters, stuff where you had to go inside or in a little secluded area that was closed off. Um, it was like everyone respected boundaries. Nobody came within six feet of you. Everyone wore a mask. They had sanitizer like every quarter to half a mile. They had arrows, you know, certain ways. So I felt safer taking him there, even though there's people there. It wasn't crowded. It wasn't you were on top of each other. There's none of that. Um, it was just safer to me to take him to the 
do than to take them to a store, you know, or to a park. Yeah. And he really enjoyed it, even though, like, we saw five animals. It was still so exciting to him. He was just so excited. And we met a little boy there, and Bash was like, you could tell he hadn't been around people in a long, long time. And it was just, he was just so excited. He was squealing to see another little boy there. And it, it really felt good to have something that he looked forward to and was excited about. So... So has he talked about going back now that he's gone? Yes. He asked to go to the zoo or to the beach. And we're like, eh. <laughs> the beaches, I think, would probably be more at risk right now than yes. the zoo. We actually did try to take him to the beach and it was crowded and it didn't, didn't work out. So, but the zoo was completely different. It, I felt safer at the zoo than I would anywhere else. So, Okay, I'm going to need to take a quick break for a commercial for our sponsor, but then I'll get right back to you, so hang on. Alright. Hey y'all, welcome to Summer Sunflower Fields at Odin Farming Company. We'd love for you to come visit with us. We're open Tuesday through Thursday and Sunday from 4 to 8 and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 9. $5 admission includes a visit with the pasture gang, the playground, the beautiful fields, and three flowers to carry home. So come see us at 1426 Claridge Nursery Road, Goldsboro. Check out our website, odomfarmingcompany.com, or follow us on social media. We sure hope to see you soon. Okay, we're back. They're responsible for the flowers on my set, so I told them I would actually, like, give them props. Yes. They have beautiful not this year. I did last year. I want to go back this year. They're socially distancing, so and they're yeah. and they have hand sanitizer, and I think he would enjoy seeing the animals down there because now they have baby yeah. Ooh, he would love that. I'll have to go visit. So tell us, being a mom with special needs, with a special needs child, how has that made you appreciate other things? Like I know you've given back to the Ronald McDonald House. Like you do a big give back every year to the Ronald McDonald House and talk about that. Yeah, so before I had a special needs child, I really didn't understand the charities that were out there. I didn't understand what it was like to actually have a special needs child. Um, I didn't understand the things that I would be missing out on, you know, um, that he would be missing out on, um, the struggles that we would face, the hard times you know, not working and having a hard time affording things and not be able to know when you'd be able to go home. And when we went to the Ron McDonald house at ECU, um, it was just an eye opener to all the wonderful things that they did for the moms and the dads and the kids. Um, it really like, it's a blessing in disguise because people don't realize how much they do for you. Um, when you go, you have a bed, you have showers, you have food. You can come in and go as much as you want. They give away things to you. Um, like we left with a big rocker from ECU's um, Ron McDonald House for Sebastian. Um, we left with clothes for him. We left with food. We left with blankets. I mean, everything that we needed to get us from that hospital to Duke. And then we got to Duke. Duke, like, their atmosphere was completely different. Like, 
but you couldn't have anyone in your rooms. You're allowed to visit with people in the social areas, like the kitchen and the living room. But when you got to Duke, like anybody could come stay with you. Whoever you needed for support, they're there. Like they want you to feel comfortable. They want they don't want you to go through things alone. Um, they know each kid by name. They come and visit you in the hospital. Um, anytime we're like, hey, do you mind if we just pop in for lunch? We have appointments all day. You're more than welcome to go. You know, now the, pand the pandemic is here, it's much harder to get in there because they have to keep their kids safe and their family safe. And that's totally understandable. So there's nothing more like giving back to them and, you know, anything that's on their wish list, we occasionally buy or we do our drives every year, especially in the summertime when, you know, we go there more. Um, so for each of Sebastian's birthdays, we've had a drive where we only really wanted donations for the Ron McDonald House, whether it was financial gifts or food or clothes, you know, we'd happily take it to them. And I would do it every day of my life if I could, you know, because without them, we, I don't, I'd probably be sleeping in a car when we were there. Um, I couldn't afford hotels, not being able to work. We probably wouldn't have a home, you know, because the bills couldn't afford it. Um, I was out of work the first six months of his life. So everything that I had came from the people who helped donate to us and who helped donate, donate to the Ron McDonald House. I didn't have anything, you know, I wasn't working. So I'm more than grateful to give back. And I hope that others see how helpful it is and give back. You know, anytime you go through McDonald's, always ask to donate or round up to the Ron McDonald House because it goes straight to them. Um, soda tabs, you collect those and that pays for electricity. It pays the water bills. Um, it's just everything that they get 100% goes to the families. And I'm so thankful for them. So. Now, I know that there are you made a lot of connections, not just with the the caregivers that were Sebastian's caregivers, but also with the families that were with. Tell us a little bit about that. So I've met a lot of people on this journey um, in totally different like journeys than what we were going through. Um, I've made a lot of close friends with people on the heart side with people who are fighting other diseases, um, cancer patients. When you're there and you feel alone, the best thing to do is associate yourself with other people there. Um, I know like even people who come in to make dinners for us, I've met several people who are like, hey, if you ever find yourself out of a job, here's my number, call me. and." you'll have a place to stay or I'll get you an interview, whatever you need. Like there's always someone there who's going to turn into family with you. Um, I know I met a lot of people from Goldsboro that I didn't know that were at the Ronald McDonald house. Um, I've met people from Greenville, from Virginia, from, you know, all over the world that come to Duke, especially for their treatment with their kids and, it's just an eye opener. 
of how, you know, the community is at the Ronald McDonald House. So it's been a blessing. And it exists only on donations, am I correct? Correct. Wow. Now, I also know that I remember, didn't you kind of have a celebrity as one of your nurses or related to a celebrity? Yes. Gabby was Sebastian's first nurse, and she's married to Scotty McCreary. So. From American Idol. <laughs> yes. And we had no idea. Like, she used to talk about her weekend trips with her boyfriend and how she was so tired because they went on all these crazy adventures. And then we see her pop up you know, online, and it's like, wow, <laughs> we know her. And is she still continuing to be a nurse then, too? So uh, she uh, she took a break when they got married, from what I understand, and then she went back, but she went to a different unit. So um, uh, in the children's ward, they have, like, the cardiac ICU, then they have cardiac step down, which is, like, the cardiac kids can't go to a floor like a regular pediatric room because they're more risk of germs being spread. Um, so they have their own floor. And then you have like the cancer side, you have the NICU, you have the step down from the NICU, you have um, just two regular pediatric floors. So I think she went to one of the regular floors. Not sure, but I'm not sure if she's still working there or not. So let's talk about a day in the life with Sebastian without the pandemic. Okay. So uh, without the pandemic, we have, he gets um, nursing that they come in and they help care for him um, during the week. Um, before the pandemic, it was a hit or miss on the days we had nursing and the days we didn't. Um, the days we did it was much harder on us, especially me, because um, he gets medicine. He gets, oh gosh, like 14 meds in the morning. Wow. Um, he gets three meds in the middle of the day, and then he gets uh, five meds at night. He gets breathing treatments. He gets um, fed through his tube. So he has a G-tube, so he feeds through it. So... We were doing um, a pump that would pump from a bag that would feed him. But as he's gotten older and being sicker, he couldn't tolerate carrying the bag or it was just made him tired. So we switched to doing a syringe. So we push food in him six times a day and then he gets a continuous at night. So it goes through all night, but he's sleeping. So he's not bearing the weight of the bag and the pump. Um, and then uh, having to work is very exhausting. Um, but I'm thankful that we had his Mimi that would come and help during the day. But when we shifted, it was always hard because working eight to five and then taking care of him and then not sleeping because he has trouble sleeping at night. It was just very exhausting. Um, so when we did have nursing, it was a big relief. You know, I could come home and take a nap or I could just have a minute to myself and rest before a long night ahead of me. So now with the pandemic, you know, I'm home because we're not working. Schools are closed. Um, I just 
I help <laughs> as much as I can. So either going behind the nurse, then we have nursing and, you know, sanitizing everything so she doesn't have to do that. Being up all night, so I sleep in a little in the morning now that I can. Um, we're constantly outside, so just making sure that, like, if he needs a drink and she can be with him and I'll run in and go make him a drink, um, make his food. He has he doesn't drink um, thin liquids. It's all thickened, so it's, like, honey thick, so drinking honey all day is what he does. Um, he can eat but he doesn't want to eat. So it's like a, a big thing to get him to eat. It takes two people to do therapies and therapies are an hour long. So it gets exhausting even with help. So I don't know, pandemic or not, like our life is on the go constantly. And now we're worrying about the extra germs and when we go out, and we wear a mask and others don't wear their mask, it's, it puts fear on us having to come home. So we, when we come home, I spray myself down with Lysol. I change my clothes. If I don't have time to shower, then I just at least try to sanitize as much as I can before I go near him. But it's exhausting having to have that stress. It would be, even though people don't believe in masks, you know, that there's that big issue. It's not for what they believe in, it's to protect others. So I always push mask wearing, even if people try to fight me about it. But if they step foot in our lives, they would totally push mask every day, all the time, whenever you're around others. So. Why do you think there's such a big controversy about the mask then? If they, if it's supposed to help people? I see. I don't know. Um, I feel like it goes back to the whole my body, my choice debate. Mm -hmm. But it's not about your body or your choice. That debate should not coexist with mask wearing because it's not you you're protecting, it's others. Um, I always try to use the analogy like, if two people aren't wearing pants and you pee, you're both going to get the germs. But if one person has pants on and they pee, the other person is not going to get peed on. But if you're both wearing pants, only yourself is going to get peed on. And that goes about, you know, not sharing your germs with others. So, so have you had confrontations with people or try to sit down with people and try to explain or they've been some of them changed their mind after you explain to them what's going on or Yes and no. Um, we, I've had people that I thought were my friends that fought with me about wearing a mask or fought with me about how I'm caring for Sebastian, how, like, I've let him go strawberry picking, but I won't let people come in the house. And, or um, how I've asked people if they do come over, like, you know, make sure you do this and this and this, but please stay outside. But if you have to come inside, you know, this is what you need to do. And it's just been like, why do I need to do that? Like, I'm already here, you know, and I'm like, you don't realize what this virus could do to Sebastian. Like, he had the flu and 
he was in the hospital a week. He had RSV. He was in there for almost a month. It, um, anytime he's gotten a virus or been sick, his heart stops. Yeah. And he has a pacemaker now to help prevent that. But the pacemaker, as much as it's 100% guaranteed, like if it has a bad battery or the wires are messed up, it's not going to function. And we don't know that if it's messed up or if it's not functioning correctly until something happens. So it's a big push on us to get others to be more aware. So I don't know. It's so, I mean, I'm just shocked that people when they, because honestly, Sebastian's just the cutest little thing with chubby little cheeks. And yeah, um, even though I've never, I have yet to meet him in person. No. We'll have to change that after the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, to see that little face and realize what a risk they're going to put him at and not want to not put him at risk. I just don't, I just can't wrap my mind around that. That's how we are too. I don't know. We've always been very picky of like when he was a baby, how um, certain smells really censored him, um, how certain textures to just be aware how touch when he was a baby really hurt him. And people just don't comprehend it because it's not a normal thing for them to live through. So I'm going to move out the way real quick because the male lady's coming. <laughs> so what is the one thing that you really would like people to know, though, about mask? Um, mask protect, whether you believe it or not. Um, I'm trying to put to words... Um, it's more you're protecting others versus yourself. And I, I say that a lot because it's true. Um, you're not wearing it for yourself, whether you believe that it's doing something or not. You should just be more aware that, hey, I'm going to protect this person. Or if you have the virus and you're asymptomatic and you don't wear a mask, no matter who you come in contact with, you're going to spread the virus. So it's better to actually just be safe. Um, protect yourself, protect others. If everyone wears a mask, the risk goes down about the virus. So, well, I can imagine you're kind of scared right now if Sebastian does get sick, having to take him to the hospital with all the cases that are in the hospital. So, right. We're avoiding, he actually, we're trying to schedule a surgery, and I've talked closely with his doctors and None of us, he's safer at home right now, even though he needs this surgery. As long as he's at home and he's healthy, putting him at risk isn't what we want to do. Um, I'm okay with facing what we're facing now with um, what he's going through. He has to, he needs an airway surgery and having an airway disorder and being in the hospital with a virus it's not something I want to mess with. So I'm trying to push it off and off and off as much as I can because people don't realize what they're doing by spreading the virus. 
there's a lot of families I know um, that even their babies that are sick, they're avoiding the hospital and the special needs community because being sick, we all know how to care for our kids at home because this is our life. Mm -hmm. But when we go to the hospital, it's a whole different ball game being in the pandemic and you don't feel safe in the hospital and it shouldn't be like that. So I just urge people to wear their mask because there's families out there that are going through so much and you don't realize it. And by not wearing your mask, you're putting them at risk and putting their kids at risk. And the hospital is supposed to be somewhere we can go and get help. And we can't do that right now because of the pandemic. So. So right now he's pretty good about not having the surgery. The doctors are okay for not having the surgery or. Yes. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback about that too. There um, from other people who don't, comprehend i'm very close with his doctors i talk to them like almost every single day they call and check on him all the time um i'm constantly in contact with them he needs his tonsils out because they're touching and they're blocking his airway but we have everything we need on standby like oxygen um with his nurse being here we have family friends that are doctors um He's safer with us right now than exposing him. And if we take him to the hospital, he catches the virus, it's going to put him at a 10 times greater risk than keeping him home right now until things die down a little with the virus. So how are you coping as, you know, mom and you have your mom there. So it's what does he call your mom? Grammy, Grammy, yes. with Grammy and, and mom, you know, it's just you two right now because you, your extended family are kind of what are a little bit away from you. So you've got to kind of restrict that contact as well. Right. Yes, and it's hard because my sister and my niece, they want to visit and they can't. My oldest brother just moved three hours away from us. And for the first time in his Air Force career, he's actually near us. And he can meet Sebastian and my niece, I mean, my nephew can meet Sebastian and my sister-in-law can meet Sebastian. And that's on hold right now because of the pandemic. So it's hard. Um, I have a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning. Um, it's scary. And I feel like scary is, it's a big thing. Um, I don't know. It's hard to put into words how our emotions are going right now. So there's a lot of unknowns with this virus, and that's the scary part. And honestly, probably you guys are suffering economically as well because neither you or your mom, because your mom works with the school system too, have been able to right. work. There are right. some parents that have special needs that they have jobs that they had to go to and come exactly. home to. I can just imagine. Yeah, I it's stressful, and there's a lot of Facebook groups that I'm a part of, especially these moms, and we're a community, and I just hear how they talk about what they're going through and how I'm going through things, and it's hard. It's hard on all of us, so. Wow. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for sharing Bash's Sebastian's story with us. Um, I will say, 
Cassidy is a young mom. A young, I consider her a young mom because she's, <laughs> she's my oldest daughter. They actually played soccer together. So if you think that it was something that maybe Cassidy did while she was pregnant, but no, Cassidy is very healthy. I mean, you had gluten sensitivities, but that the celiac disease. But other than that, you had a normal pregnancy, right? Yeah. So they did all the genetic testing in it. There's no genetics behind it. Um, some heart diseases are a cause of a genetic issue, and there are some that are just a fluke. Um, and his was a fluke. So it happens in one in 100 babies. Um, it's more common than childhood cancer. So it's more more of a thing than people think. So, so would you say that majority of Bash's life has been spent inside of hospitals? Yes. Then outside? Yes. Wow. We've had our longest stretch. So he had his heart surgery in August. And... He came home the first week of September, and we've been home since. He's had, uh, I think it's been like nine months since we've been home, eight months. And that's our longest stretch of not being in the hospital. And he's three years old. Wow. And he's three years old. Wow. So. One last thing. Yes. Tell people what you want them to do. Please, please, please wear your mask. Please. Guys, you heard it here first. You're not only saving someone else your life, but you're saving someone else's as well. Yeah. And if you see this little boy with cute chubby cheeks, you would want to <laughs> save his life. Yes. Yeah. His mom, because his mom's got a little chubby cheeks right there too, but thank <laughs> you. Double that. Yes. Yeah. Please wear your mask when you're out in public. Yes, please. All right. Thank, thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, Cassidy, for coming on and talking about this. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I hope you learned a lot from Cassidy. Think of all the lives you could be saving. Remember, the CDC recommends that people wear masks in public settings around people who don't live in your household, and especially when other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. Masks help prevent people who have COVID-19 from spreading the virus to others. So you're not just protecting yourself, you're protecting others like little Sebastian. Masks are likely to reduce the spread of COVID-19 when they are widely used by people in public settings. And remember the social distancing, six feet apart. Don't get up on somebody behind the grocery store. COVID-19 can be spread by people who do not have symptoms and do not know they are infected. That's why it's important to wear a mask in public settings. So please, for the family of people that are at high risk, wear a mask. Because honestly, if you could see Sebastian's cute little chubby cheeks, you would want to wear a mask to save his life. Now, after that, now it's my turn to ask for your help besides wearing a mask. I'm playing a special episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin where the tables are turned and I have to answer questions. So I really need you to send me your questions. So if there's anything you would like to know, you can send them to me on my Instagram pages at frugalmom or at chats from the blog cabin. You can message me or email me through there. Anything you would like to know. I hope you've enjoyed listening to these chats. If there are any topics you want me to cover, please let me know. Also, just recently, I created a blog, chats from the blog cabin, that will be going live soon. 
I have turned this chats in the blog cabin to not only this podcast, but Facebook Lives where they originally appear and putting the interviews on YouTube. So if you want to see the face behind the voices, check those out. Thank you for being part of the Chats from the Blog Cabin family, because you are family. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and to leave a rating or review. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed and keep chatting. And most importantly, wear a mask.